Welcome to the Julie Salant Podcast, the place to reconnect to your heart and live your soul purpose. This is where you will find inspiring information on how to reconnect to your heart, get into mind-body-spirit alignment, and step into your personal power. Together, we will hear messages from the sacred animal kingdom, discuss how to reframe success that works best for you, and learn to step into divine flow, allowing you to do what your soul came here to do. Thank you for being here. And now, let's tune in to today's show. Welcome, everyone. It's Julie Salant. I am thrilled to have you here today. I have an amazing guest for you today. Her name is Anna Twinney. And she is an animal communicator. She's always felt a close connection to all animals. And she's been working for over two decades, helping thousands of animals and humans communicate better. She had started her professional career as a natural horsewoman with the legendary Monty Roberts in 1997. And she became the first head instructor of the International Monty Roberts Learning Center in California. She's a regular contributor to a variety of national and international magazines and publications, including Equine Wellness, Holistic Horse, and Natural Horse, just to name a few. We had an amazing conversation about horses, about animal communication, and I know that you will really love this one. So enjoy. Don't forget to like, share, and subscribe. And again, this is with Anna Twinney, and look forward to having you comment on this after you hear it. Thanks. For me, it was a matter of, 12 hours a day working my backside off to learn the horse's language and and be there at that ramp and be there at every demonstration to the point where he could have asked anybody he could have asked anybody on that property to open the school and I was one of six but like I said they all fell away and then I'm left there then I ran the school so there was no here's a better way to say it, there was no avoiding it there was no avoiding being the head instructor I couldn't really fall any lower. I was already there. So I became the head instructor. So with that title comes the top 5% in the world. That's, and how I make that up would be because I got an O-1 visa. And the O-1 visa is a specialist visa in the United States. And it's only awarded to those that are the top 5% in the world. So as the top 5%, it's not that you even can open through, through, go through another door, but it does afford you that fact to go, I'm coming in as the head instructor. If you like or dislike these methods anyway, it's a title. I'm no longer coming in as a groom or a horse trainer. I'm coming in as a clinician of clinicians. I'm already there. So with that, that opens doors. Yes. For me, let, let's bring the animal communication in. For me, what began to happen was the fact that people appreciated natural horsemanship. So it's either liked or hated. It's yes. that simple. Of They go, why would you call it horse whispering? We don't like horse whispering or there's nothing natural about natural horsemanship. No, there's right. That generation of natural horsemanship wasn't natural. It was dominance-based. I was dominance-based. But in, in pursuit of true language of the horse came the desire to make it softer and softer, came the de- desire to say, I get it that this isn't natural, but how can I make it more and more natural? I can make yes. it more natural with the correct nutrition, more natural with hoof care, more natural with looking at saddles, more natural with communicating with body language, more natural to say there's a silent language that, nobody's even delved into yes yes so then 
my clinics that people would invite me to, which is coming back to this tip, the clinics that they'd say, could you do a natural horsemanship clinic? I became authentic, really authentic to go, well, with me comes the language of the horse. And they'd go, absolutely natural horsemanship. And I'd go, no, there's more to natural horsemanship than body language. There's telepathy and energy. So you invite me, you're inviting telepathy and energy in because I'm not going to deny that. Now I can curb it to say, maybe we won't talk to woo-woo about it, but we're not going to deny it exists. So in those days, I could create a little workshop prior to go and tell people, let's learn telepathy, like it, dislike it. Let's open the door. So natural horsemanship opened the door to telepathy. Wow. And in time, um, I could then choose to go, am I keeping it together or in parallel paths? Yes. I chose parallel paths, and I'll tell you why, because people weren't open to the energy. They weren't open. It was, it'd be a small group of people. <clears throat> and so horsemanship would be horsemanship to say, well, let's look at positive reinforcement or negative training or how the horses learn, the science base. Absolutely. And let's make it more natural. Yes. And I could keep it this way. And then I'd introduce the telepathy to, to say, okay, here's a door opening. Let me walk through that door specifically and offer classes. Yes. And we don't need to blend them. We can keep them separated. And then, Julie, in time, what happened, I, I created 13 DVDs. And if you look at them, I've got to think now, 11 are horsemanship-based. There's one animal communication, there's one Reiki. I kept them divided. Again, so that people could decide, I don't believe this. Well, don't buy it then. Yes. But my last one in partnership with horses, which is for equine coaching and horses in coaching, has everything. And I literally put my neck out and went, this is the truth. Here's the truth. You, you want to work with a horse, you're looking at aligning energy. And it's not about energy healing. It's about that energetic connection and yes. what we're portraying. Energy healing is another section and we can facilitate energy healing or they can on you, but realize that here's the three languages, which leads to the next pieces, which was the, the book. I'm going to, fingers crossed, hopefully release 20 years of accumulation of different articles and, and tips and stories and so on that I've written and I wanted it in order to show this is who I was 22 years ago at Monty Roberts. This is who I am today. And if you start reading these articles, you'll see, you know, spook busting, secrets of spook busting or energy healing for horses. You'll see the growth. Yes. And it's the beauty to say, I've never not taken an opportunity. There's another tip. I spoke for the Kennel Club the other day, and, and I feel like some people would look at it and say, well, you've done expos. Why would you do an IHOP? Why would you do right. an IHOP Kennel Club right. talk? Because they're equally as important as the thousand people at the Rocky Mountain Horse Expo. That's why. Yes. And, and if I have the time... I'll walk through that door to say, you deserve to learn about animal communication. And even if you're going to look at me like I'm weird, you deserve to hear that your dogs can talk about this. And I've never given up an opportunity. So I took everything seriously, like I did 
since I was 17 in the police, it didn't matter if the person was on the street or a millionaire, you were all equal. It didn't matter if you were a two-year-old child or a 90-year-old woman, you were equal. If you were white, blue collar, you were equal to me. And the same in my horsemanship, I pride myself on to say, it doesn't matter if you've got $1.6 million horse was my most expensive I've worked with, or your rescue. For me, a horse is a horse is a horse. Right. Same thing for the animal communication would be, I don't care if it's a kennel club with 10 people or a thousand live streaming, you're all important. And I've never not taken an opportunity. That's how it happens. I do my very, very best to intuitively feel what what the intention is behind that opportunity. That's yes. a good way to say it. Yes, I do too. And I completely understand what you're saying because I gave a talk at the Rotary the other day with eight people and two of them looked at me like, really, yeah. you can talk to, and I was like, and I looked right at them and I said, it's okay if you don't believe me. A lot of people don't understand what I do, but this is the, my truth. This is what I was born yeah. with. And it works for, you know, I couldn't have said that maybe a little bit ago, but I'm happy to say I can say that now. And that's just your growth and experience. Yeah. Yeah. But you never know who you're talking to. That person could really, you could make an impact or how is that going to impact their animal? Yeah. So yes, I agree. Take every opportunity and we're here to help. We're here to, we're all one. We're all connected. You know that. And I know that, but there are some people that they're still operating in this vacuum of, we're separate. The earth is separate. You're separate from me. Yeah. It's like, we're all connected guys. And a horse is a horse, right? You're, you're absolutely right. Although they are very individual and they all have their own souls and they all speak separately and differently. And I think that's what, what we do that makes it so good for them is that we recognize that, that they're not just a herd, that they're individual and that's what they want. It's just respect. Yeah. And it was interesting, you know, in my day, it's my students nowadays, they'll come back and they go, no, Anna, you're wrong. The only thing a horse is interested in is reproduction and survival. And I hear it and go, yeah, I taught you that. That's exactly what I taught you 22 years ago. And that's the science. But the truth is that's not true. <laughs> they have roles within the herd and they have hopes and desires and dreams like you and I. No, they just want reproduction. And this. No, they don't. If you want to look through this lens, then that's all they want. But the truth is a wild horse could want a different kind of purpose. Or, you know, a, a big one on the East Coast that I found over the years, people didn't know what to do when the horse came to the retirement age and there was was and is this belief that they reach past the peak of their career while they need to retire and it's hard for them to understand it's not just about hey show jumping or dressage and now they're done and they retire what if they want to go into trail riding now yes yes something else it's not that black and white of his career's over and and it's this and so i i feel there's so much room for education to be able to share with them your horse could be different and if you toss him out in that paddock he might die of a broken heart yes uh, because he's not used to being discarded from having a groom to now being natural because yes. a lot of natural horsemen might come back with, well, he's got to be natural. We well, doesn't know how to be natural. You know, I worked, um, we don't know, but I, I had Sheikh Mohammed's people for a while too. And I was teaching the jockeys and I was fortunate that I went to Newmarket to have a look at Sheikh Mohammed's horses. And 
Facebook, funnily enough, will critique that left, right, and center because I watch, well, I watch them. They have this 24 by 24 stool and the shavings were up here. And they had an undercover racetrack, solarium swimming pool, and you're looking at it. And when I posted something, it was critiqued of, well, that's not natural. No horse likes it. Yeah, they did like oh, it. Oh, they do. <laughs> they were born into it. Yes. That was the life they have. They're used to the groom. They're used yes. to the bedding. They're used to the swimming pool. You put him out, he's going to die because he doesn't know how to handle himself. So it would be like our kids, right? You've got a, a street smart kid or you've got a kid going to boarding school, etc. The same with the horses. Yes. It's yes. not as simple as defining they shouldn't wear a blanket. Another one we get critiqued for, shouldn't wear a blanket. I don't put blankets on my horses, but if I did, there would be a reason. She's shaking and she's got arthritis. Put a damn blanket yes. on. Yes. Hello. <laughs> I always say if it's zero outside, they're cold. Put yeah. something on them. Yeah. It, I, under, I understand where people are coming from, but if you have always had your horse with a blanket all their lives, you, you got to think about the background. It's just like as a human, what they're coming from. You, yeah. you can't just... I just say, you know, just think logically, just be logical. Don't overthink it. If it's zero, they're probably cold. Put a damn blanket on, call it a day. Okay. Just, just be smart about it. I think they, people get too far to the left or too far to the right. Try to aim for some balance. And the background that you, you mentioned it there for me, it's that background of if I gentled 80 Mustangs last year. Wow. And with that, my class, right? My classes, we were in North Dakota, Colorado, Wyoming, California, and Oregon, doing all this gentling and advocates for the wild horses. And if you're looking at these wild horses, they're going to figure it out without a blanket and you shouldn't put one on. That's their black background. And so people do forget it. They say, well, I've gone into natural horsemanship. This is what it means. Well, actually, you need a segue. You've got yes. to segue it. Yes. They've had shoes on. They might take a year to get used to no shoes. Might to get used to that and so on. And this for me is where animal communication comes in. And this is where it's changed my world, Julie. If you imagine, first I was in Germany. So traditional German classical riding till I was 16 with my British accent. Then in England with dressage till I was 28. Then Monty Roberts and Western cult starting till early 30s. So I jumped from traditional horsemanship into, I call it dominance-based, natural horsemanship. Yes, yes. We created the next generation, my generation, we created it. So the next one down from Monty, more passive, more thinking, how could I get softer? And realizing there's 28 personalities in horses and plus all their different backgrounds. So instead of bringing that horse into this box to go and, and come back with, well, we've got positive reinforcement, negative, intrinsic, extrinsic learning, classical conditioning, etc. Instead of thinking like that, who is this horse? What does he need from us? How does he learn? And don't bring him into our little hole, but instead go, I've got a toolbox. Let me go there. Now in that's, that's your logical natural horsemanship. With the animal communication, what's happened is I started to do a day with animal communication pre-clinic on some of the clinics. Incredible. Because these horses are choreographing the clinics. I bet. So sure. I might come in and say, well, from what you're telling me, 
your horse needs this, this and this. And then I talk to the horse, not the case at all. Yeah. And it's a totally different perception. So the horses are now getting to the point where, or I'm getting to the point where the voice, if the horse comes through to be able to choreograph the clinic. Yes. That, I mean, that's unheard of in the world I'm living in. But what a beautiful way to say it of we, we could think you're acting out because and we can say he's bucking because he's in a stall or not getting turnout, too much feed, saddle doesn't fit, rider error. What if you can go to the horse's mouth? Tell me why you're bucking. Maybe it is three things and not one. Right. But that's where the clinics, my clinics have headed. I think we're unique in that with reach out to horses. I don't know any other natural horsemanship clinician doing the animal communication with it. That's awesome. And you know, they're going to co-create with you because that's what they want. They want to be heard. And as back to what you were saying, I was at um, a barn, a show barn for a few years before I moved down here. So I went from a show barn to very much uh, outdoor. I mean, it's still a, it's not a backyard barn. It's a professional barn, but it's not a show barn. What yeah. I was used to are, where we didn't even make marks on the grass because that was like a no-no. And I'm like, you do realize there are horses here, not dogs, right? It's okay. But everybody was completely pampered and it was, it was lovely. But my horse is so much happier because, and calmer because he's out with other friends and not isolated. Cause I always kept him isolated because I, that's how I grew up. My background was I don't want any marks and I don't want him to get hurt. I really don't want anything to happen. He's much happier. He has a place to run because he had a paddock, but it was uh, a dust, a dirt paddock. Yeah. Um, but I think the pressure is much less here. So he's much calmer, which makes me happier. And then I get much calmer, but it's interesting how the horses would say to me at the other barn, um, when you talk about a horse that's been doing something for a long time. Yeah. There was one lady who had, she was a jumper and her horse was getting older and he literally pulled me aside. I could not, I can't get away. And he said, listen, you got to tell her, I can't do this anymore. I'm getting too old. Okay. My feet are killing me. I can do something else. That doesn't mean that I want to sit there because I'm used to working. I love a job. They almost all love jobs. You know that. Yeah. But I can't do these high jumps anymore. And yeah. when I told her, because that's something that I always wrestle with. They haven't asked me, but I had to because he kept bugging me and he was in pain and she laughed at me and said it was stupid. And I just thought, oh gosh, like I just felt bad for the horse because it's just, it's hard when they're trying to tell you it's physical. Yeah. And then the person laughs at you. It's like my, I'm not hurt, but I'm hurt because you're not listening to your animal. Yeah, It's interesting because for you, you were boarding. So one... <laughs> One, you're surrounded by people that aren't necessarily like, like-minded. And two, you're taking that time to figure out how do I approach this person? When do I do it? You know, what approach do I take? So you're taking your time to figure it out only to get laughed at. Yes. And you're bridging the gap between the two worlds for this horse. And you're being his voice, his advocate. And then you're going, which style can I adopt that they hear me? Yes. And it's always that piece of when you've not been asked challenging position to be in yeah and what does he do you know there's this law because there's the law across the united states don't talk to animals unless you've got the the parental guidance and approval but there's the gray area of no horse has heard that law no and if they're desperate they're going to connect with you anyway and so then you've got a segue to figure out how do i do this in a manner that 
that can be heard, which is not easy in a public barn. It's not easy, um, but I learned lessons, but I, I have come to understand that I'm the bridge and I have to just give the information. Yeah. I try to do it as gently as I can if I haven't been asked, because we're always, if they're not taking, if they're not grabbing us, we're always asking permission before we speak. Yeah. Always, exactly. always, always. We don't just, for anybody out there that's not a communicator, we don't just go in and say, hey, what's going on? We have to ask permission if they will speak with us before we ever start chatting away. And some actually will say no. I bet you have a couple stories on that. Do you want to give us a story of maybe a horse that said no to you or said, oh, come back later? Because I've had that as well. You know, it, it's a tough one. Let me, let me take that in many directions because I've had people say to me, that, that they've approached another communicator and their animal doesn't want to talk. And I said, yeah, I find that interesting because my background is one of, of eliciting information. And so I haven't got tons of stories of them not talking. There's the however, though. There's the however, which could be if it's a very delicate situation, having the knowledge, Julie, having the knowledge to get the work around. So, for example, if my students... Uh, being approached with a topic of pain for a horse. Pain for a horse can often decide whether or not they've got a home. Yes. And there are certain countries in Europe that believe if there's pain in a horse, you should put them out of their suffering. That's not the case. So in the United States, we have the rescues, the sanctuary, the rehab, but many countries don't. And so the horses may realize that if I speak to this now, I'm going to be euthanized. Oh. So the workaround, for example, not really a workaround, but the workaround really is this to establish with the person asking the call. So in my case, a lot of them came from Denmark to say to the client, what's your intention when you find out this information? And be really open. And I've had clients go, well, I can only afford one horse. And if he's not going to do it, I have to get another one. And my response would be, do you understand what you're saying here? Do you understand that this horse may not be willing to share because his whole future is at stake? Yes. And although you think you're putting him out of his suffering, he's not really suffering that much. And there's ways to deal with it. And now you're changing a paradigm. Yes. A whole nation's paradigm with one conversation to come back with, this isn't actually the right way to go. So on times, there's the realization that with the horse world, no hoof, no horse. So if we've got a lameness to have the backing of the client, which will actually open up the conversation with the horse because they know, look, I'm getting the help and I'm fine doesn't apply to cats and dogs because nobody euthanizes a cat or a dog on lameness. They That's take right. the to continue, but a horse it does. And so I've I kind of looked at that over the years to say, what if I could fix that before the conversation to tell them, trust me, I'm not here against you to figure out what's wrong so that you get euthanized. Trust me that we're figuring out your pain so we can fix it. That would be one area. I haven't found that time, i.e. time change matters. So if we're talking about Australia, Singapore, et cetera, hasn't mattered. So the time difference, for example, I think Singapore could be plus 18. Let's make that up. That won't matter on my conversation, but it does matter if they're in training at the time. So if the client said, actually, 
two o'clock on Thursday, how did it go for you? Because I was in a dressage lesson. Well, your horse is going to be distracted then because what this isn't, it's not a psychic greeting. And what it is, is a pure connection. And so if he's focused on his dressage lesson, chances are he can't be focused on a conversation. So for me, it's always been about figure out what's stopping the flow. And if I can figure that out, we can overcome that. Wow. And then I'll, yes. Yeah, so, so I'm going a little bit deeper probably, but if I can figure out through reading between the lines of what's going on for you, if you are really open here, we had a 30 minute dialogue. And when I got to that question, you shut down. So why are you shutting down with me? Do you not trust that I'm going to deliver? Is there something really sensitive about this? Are you protecting your person? Are you loyal to your person? Do you feel your person doesn't want this? So there would be then techniques to say, hold on a minute. If this is your concern, let me eliminate this concern for you. And then usually they will have that conversation. Wow. Yeah. That's a great, that's, that's really great. I never thought of it that way. Cause I've never spoken. I spoke to one horse in Spain who was a highly trained horse uh, for a trainer, but most of the time it's been here in the United States. So I've never thought about that, but that's a good thing to keep in mind in terms of there are so many dynamics that we don't know about that they're thinking about and their, their person might not even be acknowledging it. Yeah, that's it. And in Denmark, I had these young girls. There's a thing in Denmark that you reach a certain age, maybe it's 14, and they're no longer allowed to compete on ponies. So this childhood pony that they've grown up with to love and respect, they can't do it anymore. So they're supposed to sell them to get another horse. And of course, if you're then connecting with this pony to go, why aren't you winning? He's not necessarily going to open up unless we can talk to that that young person to say can you tell me the circumstances of what's happening with this pony as we move forward because he's showing a concern about your relationship what concern does he have and that's when they might reveal well actually this is my last season well, and no they know that <laughs> yeah no wonder he's not competing bless him he's about to lose everything everything yeah. he's losing so no wonder he went so sometimes I think for communicators, it, it, we are the voice for the animals, but equally as much, we have to be able to communicate with the people. Yes. And I find that that's sometimes the hardest part of our jobs because they're, they don't take the way that we get the information is so pure right. and they don't, they filter it. So they may hear things they want to hear or they're, or they're yeah. not hearing the entire yeah. sentence. They're only hearing one thing. And yeah. so that makes a huge difference in how they receive it. Yeah. And what they're going to do with it. <laughs> that thing too. What are you going to do with this? And, and sometimes we're not privy to it, right? We're, we're merely sharing it and don't always find out the results. Sometimes we do, sometimes we don't. But the cool thing is that we're able to chat with them and talk with them. And, and in the end, our goal is always of the highest intention and to help them and to help the person. And we always are trying to support support as much as we possibly can any way we can. And whether the client has money or I had a, a, a man who uh, lives locally and his wife bought him a couple of, of um, a couple hours with me and he was very, very green. He, uh, he didn't even uh, have the right size bit in the horse's mouth. It was too big. And I mean, I was very, very basic stuff. So I had to say, okay, right, let's, 
let's just start at the very beginning and, and start building the basic blocks, right? It's just like going back to basics because you can't expect this horse to do all these performance things. If a, you don't know how to do it Two, you've never been shown and three, your horse, your gear's not even right. So it's just, it's, and that happens in expensive places too. You've seen it and I've seen it, you know, uh, or the gear is just, it's not helping the horse. Let's put it that way. No, and it could be so overwhelming to the people because they, they think, oh, I'll get the horse and that's the most expensive piece. And then you realize, ah, oh, no, now we've got the saddle fit and the correct nutrition and the behaviorist and this and that. And there's so much more to it. And, and it doesn't matter whether or not it's your backyard or you're very wealthy. I was in a very wealthy area in Illinois and came in as a same thing, natural horsemanship clinician, but I infuse the animal communication. And imagine my arena, I'm there as a behaviorist and I'm there as a consultant. We're doing a three-day clinic. And I think half the horses came in with spur marks, but you're looking at a spur mark this big with blood. So it's not just a little shaving. You've shaved the hair down to the skin. If not, there's a scar, white hair or blood. Top bar. And and I do think, you know, I don't, don't, probably all my clients go, yeah, you're really blunt, Anna. And I am blunt. I'm not going to hide it, but I do think about what I'm saying. And I'm looking at it going, here's a pattern here. Number one, two, three. And I said, who's, who's your trainer? Because every horse is coming in with this. And do you think this is okay? Yeah. Is this your norm? Because it's not my norm. And if they're bloody or scarred, something's not right with your trainer here. And of course, now you're coming in undermining the trainer yes and that's not my intention my intention is to say this is not normal this is not how the horse should be treated and you may feel it is and whatever is being told to you is incorrect yes yes and you don't always make friends that way because i found in that particular area the trainers were keeping their people under the thumb knowledge is power they have the knowledge, they're not going to educate them. And all of these women would be delivered their horse and ride. They wouldn't know how to catch them. They wouldn't know how to groom them. And that for me was knowledge was power. It wasn't about let's keep the standard high of this horse horsemanship. It was about if you only ride and you have to get directed, you don't actually know anything. And if you don't know anything, you can't critique us. And if you don't know anything, you're not going to be involved. And, and I was trying to empower, I did, I empowered them empower them to say you've got to be an active participant in your horse's life you've got to understand that this is not okay this is not okay to have him spurred on either side not okay no so it's what you're saying there if it doesn't matter if it's your 101 in horsemanship all the way through it depends on really the intention and if that trainer's got a lack intention i.e there's not enough to go around they're going to keep the knowledge is power versus, hey, there's enough to go around. And are we really in it for the good of the horse or not here? Yes. I could not sleep at night if I was whipping and spurring to that degree. And I've never done that, even when I was ignorant, really ignorant. So there, there are those pieces for me to realize as a communicator too, and over the phone, you don't always see the person's face, that if I'm listing all these things of your horse needs this, and he says this, and you're doing this wrong, it must be exceedingly overwhelming. And then it's nice to be able to tell them, let's focus on one thing, focus on changing nutrition and then focus on another so that you don't go overwhelmed and think 
I'm not a horse guardian, I can't do this. Take it in bite-sized chunks and yes. make improvements. Yes. And I think what we're talking about here, Anna, is that we want to empower people because yeah. what we're trying to do is change this industry, which is a fear-based industry for the humans and the horses. Yeah. The humans and the horses. And we want this to be to change over to a love base. So we're taking the ego out. Now that's, that's a whole ball of wax that we won't get into because we could talk all day on that because yes, it's a competition. Yes, we want to win, but there are certain things that keep it very simple that as what you're saying, it's not okay to have all these marks on your horse. It's not okay to go and beat the crap out of your horse on a daily basis. And that's what that girl was doing to her horse that I left out and I didn't tell you. She would regularly beat the shit out, out of her horses. She beat her horse so hard one day that she broke her hand. And I told her, if you do oh, the facial expression you had earlier. Yeah, we had it out. How is that even possible? What are you doing? So, so angry, so much anger to be beating to that level. Well, we all know that's not the way horses correct. We all know that horses can't learn under fear. Neither can humans. It was a purely dominant, I'm the boss and you'll do what I say. Instead of what we're trying to do is the opposite. And it's a conversation. That was, that was beautiful timing. He always comes up and gives me support. Oh, Halo. Beautiful timing. She's good. So, um, but I told her, I said, if I see you do this again, I will be taking a video because her horses were very sweet. And I think that's what killed me the most. But that's why I had to say something. Uh, and I knew she'd laugh at me, but for those that's people. Actually, that's the crucial piece, I think, that you missed out. To, although you clarify to people we need permission, you missed out the piece which rocked your boat enough, which was the abuse. And it, yeah. What's interesting about what you said there, I advised somebody on a rescue once there was a rescue taking place and they wanted our people there to reach out to horses people, but ultimately they were going to hit these wild horses, hit them with brooms to get them in. And um, it's very hard when you've never been faced with that situation or you don't know exactly what to do. My background tends to come in here. The fact that I was policing from 18 onwards and my advice was exactly what you said I said next time step away when it happens to you and film it tell them I'm going to film this because they said we're not doing anything wrong we're doing everything right for the circumstance and we're not really doing this okay great you're not let's film it because yes. if you, you are really true to yourself you won't mind because if you can tap a horse with a broom to encourage but you beating him that that is not tapping to encourage but if you're really truthful you won't mind if it goes public then will you exactly what you said which was are you fine with what you're doing or is this because the doors are closed because if you're really fine and you know that this is okay you won't have any problem with it being filmed absolutely 100 percent 100 percent well yeah it still blows my mind of here's an educated person so you came from an probably a high caliber barn from what you were saying yeah so not we're categorizing here, but not your backyard play. So you're an educated person. You're paying a lot of money to be there. And you think that's okay, which was the same barn I was in in Illinois, which was, you think it's okay because this is all you've been told. Let me infuse you with new, new information. So now the paradigm you live in is no longer okay. 
because I've yes. told you another way. So you're more educated now. So now if you want to beat your horse, you're consciously beating your horse. Before yes. you did it thinking it was part of horsemanship. Now you know better. What are you going to do with that? Yes, yes. No. And what, yeah. what if you can load a horse sitting in your living room through animal communication, you don't need to beat them. That's, that's the thing. I'm laughing because, um, so uh, the place where I'm at now, the owner... Um, I had a little incident with her, but anyway, she didn't understand what I was doing. She didn't believe in it. She thinks it's silly and crazy and woo woo and all, all that. So I don't even think she knows the word woo woo, but anyways, it really upset me at the time, but that's the person that got me over the hump to understand that this is okay. And, and to still, that they told me, you know, still keep speaking to us. You're on the right track, stand in your own power. Yeah. Um, but it was funny because about a month later, they had a horse that I actually connected to who had a lot of scarring and she was the only horse that ever turned her back to me. But I was told by someone else that that's when they're processing sometimes. And I told her, yeah. Hey, listen, it's okay. I, I'll come back later. It's not a problem. No pressure. I came back and then she talked to me and she said to me, you're the only person who's ever uh, sat with me and not wanted anything from me. Like, I don't want to ride you. I don't want to lead you. I'm just here to basically support you. So I got very close to her and she was a big marshmallow inside, even though she had a lot of scars on her. And while I was gone on vacation, they had loaded her up to get, go somewhere for the doctor, her teeth. She thought she was going back to the sale barn, to the sale place. And I wasn't there to explain that to them. So she had a lot of trauma. She wouldn't get off. It got dangerous and all this stuff. So they, they said to me, when I got back, they're like, she was en route back. And I said, do you think that you can talk her off the trailer? And this is the same lady that all was like, oh, you don't know what you're talking about. It's crazy. I don't understand it. And I said, yeah, probably I can. Yeah. You know, she said, okay. Cause you know, we might need your help cause she's acting crazy and she won't get off. I'm like, well, from what I'm hearing, it sounds like you sent her what she thought was back to the sale barn. She's going from paradise back to hell and she doesn't know what happened what she did wrong yeah. nobody's telling her anything so that you've got to kind of change your perspective as a human to exactly. see what we see and what we feel which is the horse going i'm not being told anything and i don't know what's happening right. i need i need a little context here would be great but i guess my point is that people do change their minds and i think it's through not being uh, confrontational but just standing yeah. in your power and saying Hey, it's okay if you don't believe me. I get that all the time, but that doesn't change what you're going to do with the horse. Exactly, and and I found um, well, what I was going to say is I, I don't blame anybody. I look at my past where I was cynical and sarcastic about an awful lot of things, and even today, right? Being in this world, you meet a lot of people, and there will be people that believe they're connecting and they're not. And there's people that are utilizing intuition or reading body language and then saying, well, the horse is in pain. Well, he's in pain because you're watching his belly cramp up. He's not telling you that. He's showing you that through body language. Or somebody will come up with the intu intuitive, well, he's not looking well, he's dying. Well, what gave it away? The fact that he's in a coma right now, he's not really communicating to you communicating that to you you're reading that and there's a difference and so for the outside person who's venturing in here of course they're going to look at it and say but aren't you reading body language 
And the amount of people that have put up their hands in a clinic where I've said, do you understand what animal communication is? And the animal communication has multiple definitions. And it ends up being behavior too. So imagine 15 people raising their hand and then they said, tell me what it is. Because I thought this is interesting in a place that I didn't think would understand animal communication. They're all claiming they do all body language. It's when you look at the dog and he's lying down. It's when you do this. And I thought, interesting. So all of you def are defining animal communication with behavior. And many are claiming that I'm an animal communicator, meaning I'm talking to horses through body language. So I thought that's the terminology we know as professionals, but the world doesn't necessarily realize that. So on top of it, the way forward for me was to say, actually, the animal communications from one mind to another, we don't need to be present. And it's through, let's list it, visions, movies, feelings, inner knowing, automatic speech, all these great things versus reading your dog is body language. And the next way in has always been to give them information that only they know. Yes. That's been such a crucial part of it to say, could, could you look around? I couldn't tell you that. It's not here. You know, and I had a guy, it was funny, in Georgia, he was on an animal communication evening introduction and connected with his dog and discovered that they had moved home because their son was going through emotional, mental challenges, i.e. suicidal thoughts. They'd moved home. And being able to describe the full inside of the house. I didn't think anything of it. And they were interacting. Everything's hunky-dory. It's good. I happened to see them the next day. The son stayed on the clinic, but we went out for dinner that night. And the father turns around and says, um, I Googled everything you said. And I'm thinking, you Googled it? Why would you Google it? And he's saying, I went to research the plans of the house to see if you had Googled it. And I went, there were 15 people in this clinic. How many hours would I have taken <laughs> to Google people's Google Earth, the house, your background? I mean, do you understand what a background <laughs> is and how long it takes? And I'm looking at him like, are you for real? Are you serious? You thought I Googled you? And he said, there's no way you could have known the layout. There's no way you could have known the reason of the move. And I went, I know there's no way because there's no way I did. And then you realize people seriously think you spent eight hours researching the information. Why? I'm not getting paid for this. It's not worth my time. Why would I do that? But the mindset is one of how could you know that? Yes. Well, maybe I've intrigued you enough. Yes. Maybe I've intrigued you enough through what I discovered for you to realize your dog can talk. Yes. Enough with it. I wish they could talk. They can. And it's up to you if you wish to walk through that door. What is stopping it? You know, you know what, Julie, I created all these webinars and I don't know if you know, I created, um, I probably won't know all the titles, but five, I think. And the first one was called Animal Communication, The Real Deal. And everything I do, I think a lot about, it's not quick. And it was called The Real Deal because of my background and wherever I went to expos or events, they'd say, wow, you're the real deal. And I thought, yeah, I am. I, I wouldn't do this otherwise. One, I don't need to reinvent the wheel. And two, I don't need to waste my time. So it was this thing of, yeah, I'm the real deal. And it would be evidence-based animal communication. And the next one became, because the whole year, I'd have different scenarios where not many people walk out of my clinics, but one guy said, you know what? And I can believe everything you say up until this point. This, I just 
not going along, I don't believe. You're not thinking, that's interesting. Believe me when I'm proving it. And it would happen at an expo where there'd be arms crossed of, yeah, I don't believe this. But how do you come up with the fact I've got 15 points that only you know? Yes. And I said, you know what? The second one's going to be just a belief away. And I'd look at them and they'd go, I believe you, but not this. Well, where's your belief from then? What is your belief from your priest, your mother, your teacher? Where's your belief from? Because mine's based on thousands of sessions. Where's yours based on? Hearsay? Yes. And I come back a little bit with that pushback of tell me where your belief is and why is your belief so much more worthy than my belief? You know, why is that? Why, why do you think what you think is real and what I know is not? So I named it just a belief away. And I thought that was really helpful for people to understand. All you have to do is shift that belief. Yes. So you don't understand how I can describe your home. Shift your belief that it's possible. That's it. Yes. But with it, of course, you're shifting a paradigm. Yes. But but it also comes back to what are you willing to walk through? Are you, you standing in your power to say, I'm right and what I believe is right. But where did that come from anyway? A repetition of thought processes? Because that's yes. the thing, right? Yes. So you've told yourself for 10 years that you can't talk to the dead because somebody told you that's evil. Well, what if I told you it's not? And you repeat this pattern for the next 10 years. So suddenly it's only a belief and not a fact. So these are things for animal communication that would change people's lifestyles change everything change yes. the whole thing there on the on the planet i love that just a belief away because that's so true sometimes we're only looking for a little opening we're not looking to to that's shift everything within you because the shift has to happen organically for them i'm not there to convince you i'm not there to beat you over the head i spoke with somebody yesterday who had a dog and the dog died 5 years ago he has not but his life has stopped he has not been able to get through it and the healer that's been working with him um, I go to her place and quite a bit and rent a, a spot there so I can talk to others. And, you know, she's been telling him to have a session with me, but he didn't believe, he didn't believe, he didn't believe. Okay. So she, he, I said, you know, she asked me, could I just do a little quickie with him, a little reading? He brought me the picture and it was really powerful because, I mean, sometimes I cry because when my eyes are closed, I see the animal right in front of me if they've passed over and uh, and I said things like, you know, you say like, you know, showing me water, like, did you swim with her a lot? And, you know, the things that they show us, like the person that's staying up, tossing and turning all night, or why are you having food at four in the morning in the fridge? Cause you can't sleep. Cause that's from an animal's perspective as I'm talking about dogs and cats right now, yeah. Yeah. but they look at you like, how did you know that? It's like, they're telling, they're showing me. Yeah. So, I, and then he said afterwards, I guess, well, she knows, I don't know how she knew these things. It's like, because it's actually a real thing because we can connect in. We're lucky enough to be, it's a gift. So, but it's interesting how I like that just a belief away because sometimes it's just that little shift and then everything changes for them. And what's interesting with your client was he's believing in healing. So you're already there. You've already walked through the door. You believe in energy healing. Yes. This is only one other step away. So what's holding you back? You're already in the esoteric. Yes. So why are you blocked on this piece? What have you repeated in your head to say that this can't be real when healing can be? And that's nice to plant that seed to say she wants or he wants you to know this. Yeah. And it's reassuring. It's it's crazy reassuring when they come through from the other side. Because then for me, 
it, it changes everything. It changes the fact that there is eternity. Yes. It changes everything that you're watching over me. Yes. Uh, when I look outside, how are you telling me you're there when I feel at the bottom, you know, rock bottom, you're showing up. You know, yes. these are things over, you're not alone. People learn then you're not alone. Yes, that's what I told them. Yeah. I said, here's the illusion. The illusion is that she was your heart person. You were her heart. So you guys were soul connected. Obviously, it was a huge soul tie. She took on a lot of emotions and hurt because he had a lot of pain in his body. And you're missing her physically for yeah. that's part of the reason. Also, for her presence, obviously. But the illusion is that you think that if you let her go, and bring down some walls, and then you let another dog in, that she'll go poof away. That's an illusion. The reality is she's with you all the time. And that's really huge to people that need closure, right? And if they think, if they think they're going in a black hole, that always blows my mind. I've had clients where I was doing um, energy healing for horses, and it was fortunate in my time to take it to the horses. So when I did the energy healing forces, there was no energy healing forces. There's nothing on the internet. And I had to discover through trial and error. And being a horse whisperer, I knew horses really well, but was trying different techniques and bringing Reiki to horses, right? Anyway, jumping forward, I was doing a Reiki energy healing for horses class and one of my clients, it was all at liberty. They were free and you offer the heart to heart connection. And no horse was coming up to her. And she's getting disillusioned. She's getting frustrated. And imagine a horse is coming up to everybody and you're the one not. And she came over and she said, I'm thinking of leaving your class. And it was a far bigger thing of, it had devastated her. So I'm yes. thinking, I've got this. I can do this. And I said, so who do you believe in? I don't. So I said, do you believe in God? No. Spirit? No. Universe? No. Angels? No. So everything I'm going with. So all my repertoire, I'm thinking, I've got this. I'll find what she loves so she can channel love. No, oh. no, no. I said, what do you believe in then? You know, when we die, she goes, I think this is it. So at that point, of course, your mind like Google. And I'm thinking, she thinks this is it. That must be weird to think that this, this is it, that we're here and we're dead. That's a weird thought. And it's not mine. Yes. I'm in there, but I'm also looking at it going, we need to fix this. I need some inspiration. I need some help here. And um, maybe I did one more and I said, so where do you, where do you channel your love from? She says, I don't channel it. Thinking, okay, I channel it. All right. So I'm still trying. And at some point I came back with, where's it come from then for your children? You've got children. Where's it come from? Within. And all right. You've got to tap into that within. And from within, you'll ooze it out. And there was one horse there. She was a Premarin, pregnant mare in, in Arizona. And um, Joy stopped. And as soon as she connected with her inner self, her style, she's able to do love lessons. Wow. And it was that moment of, this is all about love. Animal communication is all about love. You can't just go, I'm connecting, here's a plug plug it in it's not quite like that you've got to access your love and you've got to figure out you where's that love coming from for you where's your belief coming from maybe look at that belief challenge that belief a little be open with that belief and that's how we we can change 
the connection for people instead of riding a horse like a motorbike or having a horse as a commodity or thinking that they're they're only science-based structured species that learn in this fashion no you know open that mind up and the world is infinite with possibilities and for me this animal communication changed everything it changed my beliefs it changed my way i saw horses instead of coming back with while he's rearing we'll school him on the halter not to rear it was a matter of let's figure out why he's rearing what's he really telling us here and we can do that through behavior but if we stop breathe slow down and connect not only will we get the behavior we get the essence and the feeling and it doesn't matter if it's animal communication or not it could be intuition at that point, but at least we're connecting instead of saying, let's hammer on the damn halter, back him up because he's being rude, he's dangerous, let's not enable him. Pause, breathe, feel. And for me, that's the beginning. Mm-hmm. Ultimately, the beginning of animal communication is quiet in the mind, get out of your head, ground yep. and feel and allow that space instead of this motorized carousel in the head that keeps us going we're the most powerful google tool there is yes yes with <laughs> association and memories and so the ability is can you shut that down enough to be able to feel this animal yes that's really it that's beautiful though that's beautiful and yeah. that's so important because that's exactly what we're trying to do and i i always used to um I used to not breathe and I didn't realize I wasn't doing that. It was subconscious because when I get nervous and I have a lot going on, I'm always in my head and I'm always thinking ahead and, uh, and I'm ahead of myself and I'm ahead of my horse and it, he lunges perfectly for everybody but me. And so my trainer would say, why do you think that is? And I'm like, I don't know. And she's like, it's just energy. It's just energy. That's yeah. all it is. So then she taught me how to, you're, breathe and I'd hold everything here and she'd like yeah. stop jumping ahead and be present and as you said just breathe right. and slow down and when you breathe your body has no choice but to slow down and so I always do that in every session even when I'm just hanging out because and that's when they send us those signals to relax because yeah. they're they're helping us supporting us trying to be like it's okay you guys just relax a little bit don't go so fast right and stay present and mindful because that's I mean, those are words everybody throws around today, but that's just basically what it is. As you yeah. said, staying still. It, it is, and it's an interesting one. I call it with horses, I say, stay in the present time and the not too distant future. Because there's this, this dance. So, so bring in your lunging, and I do see in pictures. So bring in your lunging and you think, okay, if I'm so, so present, I'm not actually shooting them a picture of what I want. But if I can be in the now and the not too distant future, I'm a tad ahead of them to let them know what I want. And that really for me is the art of horsemanship is to be in the now, ride them in the now, but shoot them a glance of what I'm looking for in the future. So I'm not behind them either. And that takes skill, right? Because if you're on top of them, you're learning every single muscle and position. And if you add in there, and are you breathing? And are you thinking, (laughs) how much can I do in this moment? I know. (laughs) It's not easy. And the reason people fall back to the structure, because it's easy. It's yeah. easier. It's easier to say the horse is wrong. You need to hold him back, tell him off. Yes. This is wrong. And it's far harder to say, actually, you've got to realize 
what you're letting off with your body. Yes. You know, do you, do you know your butt is tense? And that would give him another message. Do you know that you're clenching with the hand tight to left? And yes. so that's why he's leaning in. Yes. And it's all about that self-awareness and not everybody wants to go on that journey. They don't want to look at what am I doing to cause it? They want it to be right. Just do what I tell you. Don't worry about what I'm saying with my body. Just do what I need. And that takes a, a special person nowadays to say, I'm fully responsible for my actions. Yes. And I'm realizing that whatever the horse is doing to a degree is because of me. Yes. Yes. But that's how we learn and that's how we get better. And we all make mistakes. And the more that you can realize what you're doing with your body. But I was going to, I was going to mention this to you because I've always, I've been saying this for a while now that horses can, I'm very visual too, because they send us pictures, obviously. And I've, I know with my horse, if I send him a picture, he'll do what I ask. So in other words, this is what I always say, and a lot of people like this one. If he's going too fast and I get nervous, I picture him walking and I picture elephant's feet very slowly, very deliberately, and he'll slow down. And so I was going to ask you, do you tell your clients that what you picture in your mind, they do pick up on? I do, and I'm probably on a good day and that's how I'll do it. Okay, I was going to ask you, how, what's the reaction? <laughs> you know, on a harsher day, because it, yeah, if I'm more in a, in, in a place of, well, hold on a minute, this is what's happening here. When they say, well, he shouldn't have cantered till over there. And my response is, well, were you thinking of the canter? Yes. Well, then you told him, didn't you? So you've yes. got to be responsible for your thoughts. So there is that part of me that's very direct, very bold, which is stop telling him off. And, and that will happen in all of my classes from, doesn't matter if it's full gently, wild horse gently, or intuitive riding, et cetera, et cetera. It's this piece of, you've got to realize what you're thinking. So you cannot reprimand your horse until you're responsible for your thoughts. So for example, if you don't know what you were thinking, don't reprimand him. Because yes. I don't know if you just told him that, and I'm not going to let you reprimand him if you just told him him that so yes. you've got to be responsible for your thoughts see and that that's the truth for me of if you're really nervous there is a boundary thing of the horse can't really can't really bite you if you're nervous he's got to learn the boundary but the old-fashioned way would have been school him backwards or bump him here and there's multiple ways to school a horse that's biting but really, my mentor taught me this. It's the five WHs. And you're looking at the when, you know, when does he bite? Why does he bite? With whom does he bite? You know, how does he bite? Hmm. So you're looking at all of these reasons. And that plays a part because a horse could be nibbling you, could be getting your attention, yes. could be saying, where's the food in your Yes. Pot? Could be saying, you know what? I really don't like you. You're pissing me off. So if we can figure out the why, then we can look at the correct response. So if that person is constantly not connecting and that horse is saying, stay with me, stay yes. with me when we're leading, the trainer should not come back with school him for biting. That's the worst thing he can do. We need to come back with, well, why is he biting? If he's biting to get your attention, he's teaching you that you're not present. Yes. And don't we want to figure out why versus constantly saying you're wrong, you're wrong, stop, don't bite, slow down. What? You're yes. blaming him for your inadequacies. Yes. 
Well, it still comes back to that. The majority of people don't want to learn about that. They don't want to learn about the inadequacies. They just want that horse to behave. And for me, the response is get a motorbike. Yes, you, me you too. You know, want, want something with a heartbeat, get something like that. But if you want to learn about you and true, true horsemanship, then we're looking at discovering what are you bringing to the table or not bringing to the table that would be bringing this out into an individual. And that comes down to everything. It comes down to the mindset, the energy. So you could have that, I'm walking like a leader energy, body language wise. But the truth is, you don't believe it. Yes. The schoolmaster, the schoolmaster will give it to you anyway. But the horse that's really attuned to this won't. No, they won't. Cannot fake it. You cannot fake it. No, nope. it has to be authentic and genuine. And that for me is the joy of horsemanship. But when I, I agree, because because when you have that conversation, even if you fi- fall short and we all fall short a lot of times, but when you get it right, it's amazing because now you have that true connection and the mind meld, like we call it. And now everything's flowing and the horse is saying, okay, you're with me now. You're not way ahead or you're not way behind. You're not thinking about that accident three years ago that you keep bringing up every time you get on my back. (laughs) And I mean, I was guilty of that. So I can use myself as an example. And I had to learn that he would look at me and say, I got, I've got you. It's okay. I got this. You've got to trust me and you've got to trust yourself. And when you do that and you're by these tricks and tips that you're saying, which has become normal, like breathing and being self-aware and I'm here now and in this moment, I'm okay and I'm okay. And I'm shutting that stuff off and you're okay. And that has made the difference between night and day. And that's when it's all worth it. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. You're right. And we find it. And I don't think there's many people on here, me included, I've had my fair share of things. I, I haven't touched wood, had the broken bones, and that's a testimony of, of listening, in my opinion. But at the same time, if you're going to work the quantity of horses that I'm working, something's going to happen. You're going to get knocked down and think things happen. And I'm not exempt from those fears either. I do watch colleagues of mine, cowboys that get knocked down in hospital, get back up again. And I look at that to go, ah, I'm not quite that person. Yeah. And so I do have to work things through as well. And what, what I learned in animal communication was the toughest. As a police officer, you're the most cynical and skeptical individual on the planet as a British yes. officer. Yes. And it stood in my way to learn animal communication because I'd go, how's that real? Or what's that? Or am I connecting? Am I keeping the conversation? How did I know if I unplugged or not? Is it imagination? Is it projection? So I had all of that and it stood in my way for years. It became my greatest gift. It became my greatest gift because it's something I can impart to the students to go, not everything's animal communication. Just because you've been on a weekend doesn't flip the switch to go, I didn't know anything and now I'm an animal communicator. Here comes my shingle. It means really you just opened the door and you're now learning. You're learning what is imagination. You're learning that actually you can do a session and jump from connecting to imagination, jump from connecting to talking to your own horses jump to memory, jump to projection. It's not a given that that plug stays locked in. And you've got to learn that. There's no fast track, no fast track. You cannot climb that mountain. You have to do the workload. Yes. My path never was really the easy one. I worked hard to become a horse whisperer. I've had my fair share of things 
go wrong. I've had to figure it out. The Reiki, I, I, when I did the DVD, I'd done everything wrong on the Reiki. And although there's a Reiki no fault, I put on the DVD, don't ever tie a horse when you're doing energy healing. Don't ever tie a horse because I learned the hard way. There was no information to say, don't tie a horse. Why can't you tie a horse? He's relaxed. Well, you don't do it because he goes out of his body. And when he startles, he pulls the hitching post out of the ground. I found that out. So everything I've done, I found out the hard way on that too of, of, um, being hurt and then saying, I've got to figure out a better way or watching my cowboy friends and going, I'm not a cowboy. I've got to figure out a softer way. I've got to do everything the way that I, I can do it as a female, not a male. And then impart that with everybody else to say, I hear you. You know what? I never lost confidence until I had a child. Never. I'm the one traveling the world, riding every horse, every time, not an issue of, yeah, I'll figure it out have a baby and they say, oh, you change with a baby. No, not me. I'm different. <laughs> you know, <that's, laughs> I'm not a statistic. And then, you know, you have a child and you go, shit. Yeah. Where did that come from that now I feel concerned? And so I had to work that through to just like you. Of, and, and then I thought, oh, that will happen quickly. I'm, I've, I'm in control of my mind. Didn't happen quickly. And in fact, I never bounced back the way I was pre Joseph and so it took at least two years and then I never bounced back the same way and then I shifted my lifestyle and went I'm not the person I was I'm not going to take the risks I did so it all changed now it's funny in animal communication I'll look at it to go would I ride that horse mm. this session would mm. I get on that back and I can if I've done the animal communication before because the clients asked it's funny I did one yesterday and she said oh, he really spooks. And I looked at the spook and I went, it's actually not a spook, it's a startle. And the way he's startling, we can pretty much sit that. And I thought, oh yeah, I'd ride him because I can sit that startle. And then I did another horse the other day, um, New Jersey, and he showed it. And I thought, no way, I'd ride this horse. And I'll tell you why, because you can see, I look up when I see the pictures. Yeah. He spooked, but um, he was reactive not responsive and he spooked in a way that he had no idea what he was spooking into oh, you know, wow. you're dangerous you'd take out a wall because you're not thinking i wouldn't ride you then i don't i don't want to do that i don't want to take the risk of you're going to go jump into that wall because you don't have the ability to process with your coping skills so that's also not only given the horses a voice for a clinic but i look at that to say pause breathe would you ride this horse Wow. Let him share something about himself energetically for me as a clinician to make the decision, would I get on your back? Because if something happens to me, that's my whole future change. Yes. And in your 20s, you look at it, and even when in my 30s, 20s and 30s, I went, I can ride every horse. And in the 40s, it shifted a little. Now I'm getting close to the 50s, and I look at it and go, I don't want that. Hell no, girlfriend. <laughs> You do, you shift it and you think again, you think I'm not that statistic, but yeah, I am. I don't I don't want that thrill anymore. But you have to do what's safe for you, but the probably ninety-eight percent of what you've learned and the things that you've gone through help other people, which you don't realize at the time because it does suck and it's hard and you have to get through it. But this is why we're all learning different things because 
I'm the perfect person to help that person who's scared or doesn't believe in herself because I was and sometimes still am that person. So I get it. So you're the per perfect person that can see these things and say, you know what? I've ridden a horse like this before. I know what he's going to do. I've already seen it energetically. And I'm telling you, this is the way we need to approach it. Exactly. Exactly. So it all comes together perfectly and beautifully. It's the way of the future for horsemanship. So I've called it, you know, I reach out to horses as a company, but we wrote a book, Escaping Tradition, and it was the next generation of horse whispering or natural horsemanship. And the next one out I've called Beyond the Barn. And that was the evolution of my my articles and how I've grown. But it's, again, next generation horsemanship to go, you know what, if you know it's not right for you to spur, or if you know it's not right to you to drill, we have something else. If you know that energetically your horse is talking to you, watch this, you know, read this, be, become part of it to know that there's more to it. You don't have to, don't have to comply to every single trainer if it doesn't fit your needs. Yes, absolutely. And I can't thank you enough for being here today. We didn't, I, I will do your intro later because we'll have all this edited, but I, I just, I knew it was going to be great. And I, I thank you so much for being here I just think it's so great to talk with you. And when you come down here, we're going to have to meet up so that we can hook up and maybe you want to come to the beach or I'll come see you. But that would be fun because I mean, there's so many nice people and we can hook up and ride on the beach if you want. There's so many cool things to do. So I would love to do that. Yeah, my, my horses, let me think, my horses have, of course, never been to the beach. So Mine hasn't either, but that I, that I haven't taken him, but maybe he's been without without yeah. me but he came from tennessee so he was in the mountains <laughs> yeah he's gonna be looking those ways yeah exactly exactly <laughs> but thank you so much for being here now do you have a freebie that you would like to share with the audience so what we have let me think we have so the website's outdated I'll give that disclaimer now and it's always been on the agenda and it will be at some point but we over the years, over a decade, I used to have podcasts and radio shows and they're archived very safely, so probably difficult to access. But always on the homepage, we have free webinars. And I can tell you every year, either December or January, I've offered four and it's about nutrition for animals or for intuitive people. And it's essential oils as well as animal communication and horsemanship. We have tons archived and we're running another one this year we do it every year okay so that's one thing that's absolutely guaranteed free always on the home page and if we look at the website reachouttohorses.com it will show the events calendar with those free webinars and the other thing we'll be having the beyond the barn that i have referenced as well we'll be offering that either free i.e if they sign up through the newsletter they can get it free or it will be special offers. So for example, um, buy one, get one free or buy one and get escaping tradition free. That new book due out springtime, we will have a ton of special offers on it. Oh, fantastic. Fantastic. So there's, there's always lots of different things. I've always actually been inspired because I felt nobody really, really gave me a leg up and, and I, didn't want that to happen to others and so it was that moment to say yes we have very expensive thousand dollar courses you know five thousand dollar courses very expensive but I always layered it to say here's a home study 
for less. Here's a home study with webinars and here's the in-person. So you can choose your tier in animal communication on your finances and your commitment. And the same for the freebie to say, you know what, I don't want this to be inaccessible for people without the money, with the great hearts. So we've always offered free all the way through to a fair amount of money to say everybody's being helped. And those webinars, we had ones on trauma, on fires, on the next generation, on the next decade. Oh, wow. Every single one's different. And it's an integration of essential oils with, it happens to be Dynamite. Dynamite's a company that offers supplements for horses, dogs, cats, humans, and it's organic. It's the only one that I know of in the United States that are organic. So for me, the animal communication became further and more involved than a voice it was a matter of what if you need an emotional support well we have it through essential oils what if you needed magnesium well we have it through dynamite and for me the whole horse meant truly that of i can help you with animal communication can help you with horsemanship but we also have the nutrition and the oils so there's a package and that's important so you don't just put the phone down and say thank you for the voice you're on your own it was more a matter of I'm putting the phone down, but I'm leaving you with resources. Like you're saying, is there yes. a resource to learn more? The book is free. It will be. It will be postage only for a special time. And then the offer will shift. Mm -hmm. No matter what, people will get special offers on that. And the reason being, because it's the voice for the horse to say, you know, there is another way. And if you feel like you're a black sheep in the family, because you want something different, this book will have it. If you always knew that animal communication was part of the horse's language, this book will have it. If you've always known you've had a gift, but you don't know how to harness it, this book will include it. So that was my dream to be able to touch as many lives as possible. That's awesome. And I love that because I hear that every day, every day. I know, I know I have gifts, but I don't know what they are. And even if I did, or I'm, I'm shutting down and I'm not going to let them come to the surface. And then the person has all kinds of heart palpitations and I'm saying, you got to let this go. You, But then again, I say, I say, I held it back for years too, because I was scared. So I think I can't, I can't, uh, I can't say these, those things, you know, it, everyone's on their own journey. That's it. And we are putting this in, out there in the hopes that it will maybe open the door wide if you're thinking that you have the gifts to speak to the animals or if you don't think it's if you think it's a little silly but you're like gee maybe i'm kind of interested in this these are the things that you know anna can can show you because she's done thousands and thousands of hours i can't thank you for being here enough this has been so fun i could talk to you all day <laughs> yeah i know we've, we've gone over and it, 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 it is lovely to be with somebody like-minded for yes. sure. and speaking the same language the terminology is the same which is always lovely so i yes. thank you equally as much thank you so much well i'm looking forward to when you can come here because you've got to let me know when you do because we can hook up i'll take you around and let's let's do that. let's spend some time together it'll be so fun I love that. Okay. Thank you so much, Anna. I appreciate it. Thank you for listening to the latest podcast. This is Julie Salanta. If you like what you've heard and you'd like to go deeper, there are two ways that you can work with me to get personal one-on-one -on -one coaching or to receive an animal reading. Click on the link below to set up a time with me to talk. You can also check out the Spiritual Cafe. That is a membership-based group that I have with a dear friend of mine where we talk live monthly and give you information on elevated consciousness, 
answer your questions and help you move through life with clarity and conscious decisions. Looking forward to talking with you soon. Thanks, Julie.